Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from those first two New Testament readings that you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you've been with us through this journey of everyone his witness, then you know there is only one letter left in the Lassie approach to witnessing. If you've been with us from the beginning, you've learned what it means to listen to someone as you build your relationship with them. You've learned to ask questions in order to encourage discussion. You've learned how to seek a point of connection with someone in order to share the word of God with them. Because ultimately, it's the word that changes people's hearts. Speaking of hearts, you've also learned that some people are more heart people. They are more interested about building connections with others, whereas a a head person is more interested in the intellectual side of learning. And hands people are more interested in serving or making an impact in the world. And so when it comes to inviting someone to something in order to keep the conversation about Jesus going, you can gear it towards their head, their heart, or their hands. And finally, we end up with E, for encourage. With encouragement, you are following up with a person and thus extending the invitation again that you have given them. By doing this, you are following through on that invitation and thus completing it. All of us need encouragement at some point. In order to be a witness of Jesus, you need encouragement And those who are receiving your witness need encouragement as well. We'll deal first with the witnessee, and then we'll get to you as witnesses. When you think about the differences between head and heart and hands, these people will also receive your invitations differently, and thus need different kinds of encouragement. A head person may need time to process the information that you've given them or the invitation you've extended. So your follow-up could revisit previous discussions or give some new information. A heart person may need to be nurtured in their invitation. And and so you don't want to let too much time pass before you follow up with them because the personal connection is important to them, unlike a head person. You can also let them know you're thinking and praying for them because showing you care for them can make an impression. A hands person likes to stay active in practical work and and you can look for more opportunities for them to serve or show them the positive impact of the work that they're doing. Here's one thing to know in the context of encouragement. The law never motivates. The gospel does. Understand it like this. The law is what you are to do. It's the commands of God. You play the active role in the law. And when you view all that we've been talking about from a law perspective, then witnessing becomes something that you have to do. And sometimes when we view things as have-tos, that we must do certain things, well, the motivation to do them is hard sometimes. I mean, how many times as a child did you fight your parents on anything they told you you have to do? Clean your room. 
Brush your teeth. Get dressed, or at least put pants on. Don't eat whatever is under the couch. Do your homework. Put your phone away. Come to church. Anytime we feel like we're forced to do something we don't want to do, we meet it with resistance. And so we can easily attribute that to our sinful nature. I mean, fourth commandment, right? Honoring father and mother is a hard one, or any authority figure. Serving and obeying them, loving and cherishing them, is not always easy. And the same with God. It's not easy to follow all of his commands. Loving him with our our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving our neighbors as ourselves. Because if you tell me that I have to love certain people, especially those people who have done me wrong, or those people that I just don't agree with, or that don't agree with me, or those who think I'm an idiot for believing God's word, I have to love them? I don't know about that. Imagine it the other way around. We know that God wants us to love him with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we know that we don't. Because there's plenty of things in life that we place more important than God. That shows that we love them more by the things that we do and the things that we say. Think about prayer. Do you pray to God for all your daily needs? Every single day? Or do you pray to God for yourself only when you really need it? Only when you really want something? Or if you are in serious need? When you're really sick? When you know someone is near death or you yourself are near death? Do you find yourself only praying to God then? And all the other times, do you trust in other people or other things to take care of you and your needs? And when we think of prayer as connecting with God, how often do you connect with him during the week? Reading God's word, Bible study, or this right now. Is right now, this time of worship, all the time that you can give to him? Or all the time you feel you have to give to him? Compare that to how much time you spend on Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Amazon Prime, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, video games, whatever it might be. Now, not all of these things are bad in and of themselves. But do you spend more time connecting with technology and what it has to offer rather than God and what he has to offer? I mean, I'm certainly guilty of this too. And then you get to Sunday, and you see it as the last day of the week, the last free day you have in your weekend, and you spend time with God if it's the last thing you do, and only if you have time, rather than seeing Sunday as the first day of the week. And the first thing that you get to do Sunday morning is worship to get you ready for the rest of the week. If Sunday worship is more of a burden than a blessing, has God just become an afterthought? Finally, think about all of your other sins. 
the ones that you're ashamed of, the ones that no one else knows about, the ones that would give your grandma a heart attack if she knew you were doing them. And imagine if God looked at all of us and how little time we give him and how many sins that we are constantly doing against him and others. And imagine if God looked at us, all of us, and said, I have to love them? I don't know about that. And rather than loving us, what if God chose to condemn us, to punish us for our sins that we have indeed committed against him and our neighbor, and what we deserve for our sin is death? And what if God gave that to us? What if God chose to bring all of his wrath upon us? What if God gave us what we really and truly deserve, and that is hell? Eternal separation from him, completely removed from his unconditional love and grace. Because in our sin, that's exactly what we're doing. We're removing ourselves from his unconditional love and grace. What if God allowed all of that to happen? What if God stopped loving us? Hard to imagine, isn't it? That's because that's not who God is. I mean, believe me, God punishes sin. He, he brings his wrath. He gives death. He does give what all of us really and truly deserve. He just doesn't give it to us. No, in God, in his unconditional love and grace, takes everything that we deserve and he places it on himself. Specifically in Jesus Christ. Through Jesus' death, he paid the price for our sins. God's wrath was poured out upon him on the cross, and he took the death that we deserve because he loves us. And we were not an afterthought to him. We were his only thought. We were the sole reason that Jesus would give his life for us. Because it was the only way for us to receive the forgiveness of all of our sins. It was the only way for us to receive eternal life, salvation, heaven. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he proved that he had really and truly won it all for us. That is an incredible love story. God's love for us. That is the gospel, the good news of what God has done for us. And the gospel is the only thing that motivates and encourages, not the law. And so when we listen and ask and seek and share and invite and encourage, it's not because we have to. Rather, it's because we get to. God has paved the way for all of us to be able to do all of these things. Jesus showed us the way, became our example, but was more than just an example to follow. He became our Savior. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us, to work in our lives, to give us the gift of faith, to believe all of these things, and to be able to lead a God-pleasing, holy life. And as a result, we get to pray we get to worship. We get to read his word. We get to study it. We get to serve him in all that we do. We get to connect with him. And we get to witness to others about everything he has done for us.
not because we have to, but because of the Holy Spirit working in you and me. And it becomes the fruit that we bear because we, the branches, are connected to Christ, the true vine. And through him, you are able to bear much fruit. What fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You get to love your neighbor. Why? Because you have first been loved by God. You get to share the message of Jesus with others. So for all of you who witness, I pray you find encouragement from God and his word as much as you use God and his word to encourage others in your witnessing. Or that you receive encouragement from other Christians, just like the brothers in the book of Acts received from one another. And sometimes we get encouragement in the most unique of places. A few weeks ago, I was driving through the city, and as I was stopped at a light near the forks, there was a man with a sign. And and as he walked closer, I could read his sign, and it said, Grateful for everything. God bless you today. Now, since last winter, I've, I've tried to keep a few of the, the blessing bags in my car that the college and career group had put together so that I have something to give out. So I rolled down my window, I gave it to him, and I said, God bless you. And he said, what's your name? And I said, Glenn, what's yours? And he said, Matthew. And then he said to me, do you believe in God? And I said, I do. I'm a pastor. And he said, what's God's name? And I thought, where is he going with this? So rather than saying Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I said, his name is Jesus. And he said, and what does the name Jesus mean? I was still trying to figure out where he was going. So I went book of Revelation. I said, It means he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Turns out Matthew went to the Gospel of Matthew, and he said, his name means the Lord saves, because he came to save his people from their sins. Jesus came to save us from our sins. You're a pastor. You get it, and you get to tell people this. Now, I know that most lights don't seem to last long enough to have a conversation like this. But on that day, that red light lasted just long enough. And as we've been going through everyone his witness, we've been talking about so much about how we are all witnesses. But even in our lives, sometimes even we are witness too. And that day, I was encouraged And after that light turned green and I was driving on, I was reflecting on that conversation. I was lifted up by a person I'd never met before and maybe we'll never see again. Now, had circumstances been different that day in the world with restrictions in place for who we can be in contact with, I probably would have invited him to lunch, learn more about him and his story. I do hope to see him again one day. But if I don't, I'm never going to forget his words that he shared with me. God's word. 
And I'll never forget his word of encouragement, almost a a charge to me, if you will. You're a pastor. You get to tell people this. Yes. Yes, I do get to tell people this. And so do you, Matthew, wherever you are. And so do you, dear people of God, wherever you are. That Jesus' name means the Lord saves. That he came to save his people from their sins. That he died for your sins. That he rose from the dead for your salvation. That you who believe get to spend forever with him in heaven. And you get to tell others the good news of great joy. With that, I'll end the way the reading from Romans today ended. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.